Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet that dares talk about things like sci-fi, fantasy, dragons, spaceships, vampires, monsters, and the like. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinterIsComing.net, and I am here with Mia Johnson, editor of Dorksideoftheforest.com, a Winter's Coming writer, and we have a special guest this week, the illustrious luminary of um, stage and screen, Sarah Beth Pollock, who is a writer on Winter's Coming, writer on Hidden Remote, all around um, human Swiss army knife of the written word. Sarah Beth, welcome to Take the Black. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, thank you, excited to have you. And the reason we wanted to have you on is because, you know, this podcast is dedicated to all things, basically nerdy pop culture. So we're talking, you know, again, dragons, zombies, spaceships, that sort of thing. But neither Mia nor I are really big fans or watchers of The Walking Dead, the 13 (laughs) season strong zombie show that's been going on for a long, long time with multiple spinoffs either on the air or on the way. And you are. You are a Walking Dead person. You've been with it for a long time. And it's something that's like in our wheelhouse. And, and it's our final season. And I was like, we have to talk about The Walking Dead. Like, it, it, it's, it's big and important, especially on its final season. So I wanted to have you on to lend us your expertise on all things um, decaying flesh. Before we do, let's take a quick moment to say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody who's in the comments. Good to see you all. Hey, Jen. Hey, Matt. Christian. Julie. Always hello, good to see hello. you. Stuart, Nicole, we have a full house today. Mm-hmm. Glad to see everybody. Okay. Um, Mia, also, do you have any opinions on anything before we go into the questions you've been spoken <laughs> Any opinions on anything? No, I'm super excited to have Sarah Beth because I have long <laughs> not watched uh, The Walking Dead, so I'm happy to get like caught up on like probably five seasons, I'm sure. Okay. Thanks. I, I, I got... I just going to start there. So Sarah Beth, even with it for since the very beginning, since season one to 13, how are 11. you enjoying 11? It's only, yeah, oh, 11. Oh, right, right. I don't know. Why did I say 13? I don't know. Because it feels um, like it. It's been going on forever. <laughs> Good point. So I guess the first question is just how are you enjoying this final Walking Dead season so far? Well, you know, it's kind of hard because the the buildup has been so so great for this this final season and it doesn't help that or maybe it does help but you know we had that huge break between uh you know when they shut down for the pandemic um you know going back to 2020 like they didn't air their final the final episode of season 10 because it wasn't finished the pandemic Mm -hmm. they were literally like two weeks away from finishing it so fans were waiting from like um you know anywhere from you know they, they waited from march or april all the way to um all the way till, uh, God, 
October to get that final episode. And then that was supposed to set everything up. And then you had the, um, the bonus episodes coming in February. So we had those bonus ones. And so all of this was supposed to set everything up for season 11, right? Well, the the problem is, is that you have, uh, you have so much anticipation that it's never going to be enough, right? No matter what they do. And I'm starting to kind of see that truthfully, like there's no way that it can actually uh, satisfy everything because there's just there's so many people there's so many characters there's so many plots they've deviated from the comics and you know everything that was supposed to happen in the comics isn't going to happen it can't happen because rick grimes is gone carl grimes is gone like so there's a lot of questions out there and so you know am i enjoying it absolutely do i think it's going to be enough i don't know and that's what I'm, i'm curious to see Mm, that's already starting to sound like uh, a little show that we cover here, <laughs> a little season eight of a show that we usually talk mm. about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, well, that's a, like an interesting question. So I, I, I do know enough to know, like you said, that Walking Dead, you know, was on for 11 years and a lot of the principals like Michonne and Rick and Carl, they're all gone. And you know how it all ends. I assume because you, you because you've read the comics or at least know, like even I know how it ends, frankly. And I just like picked it up from just yeah, like being yeah. it over the years. Um, do you think they will just go with like the ending that's already there in the comics, just sub in different characters or will they just go in some different direction? Do you think? Well, so that's an interesting question because uh, about two years ago now, they announced that they were going to do these Rick Grimes movies. Right. So Rick Grimes is supposed to come back in some form which means he probably wouldn't be able to come back. I mean, if, if you know what happens in the comics, you know that he doesn't actually get to the end. Spoiler alert, but oh. he doesn't. So, um, you know, and then his son is dead, but mm-hmm. we have his daughter who isn't in the, you know, like who isn't alive in the comics. So there's, there's sure. these possibilities. And he has another, and then he has another son, RJ with Michonne that he doesn't know about very Mori Povich stuff going on. There. There's, you know, <laughs> a lot of drama there, but the, uh, so it, could he come back? Yes. Should he come back? Probably not because Ooh. it would overshadow everything else that they've been building, like in, independently of Andrew Lincoln, because Andrew Lincoln's going to have this really great opportunity to have these movies mm-hmm. that are tied into the greater universe with the, you know, with the, the helicopter people, the CRM. They're right. huge in World Beyond. They're huge in Fear the Walking Dead. So I feel like they're setting up a lot more because it's just because this show's ending doesn't mean that the series, the franchise is ending. And so I think they're being very careful about that. So I, I do think it would be neat to have him show up, but I don't think there's a way to do it where that doesn't overshadow everything else. And I feel like that would be unfair to the actors. You know, that would be like if, if I don't know, if one of the, you know, if Ned Stark showed up in the finale of, you know, Game of Thrones, like that's all anybody would talk about. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it just, right. it, it, I don't know that it would be fair to everybody who's been there along the way. That's, mm. you, 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 you were pausing for an example, but I'm like, I bet she says Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. And I, <laughs> I was correct. Because my me. head would go too. Yes. <laughs> you know me well. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I asked. Okay, so sometimes on this show, I, uh, Mia knows that I like to complain and whine a lot about franchises getting too big and just seeming to be just, these um, almost untenable, enormous monsters that you have to devote your life to watch if you want to understand. 
And like you said, like the Walking Dead show is ending. The franchise is not because I know we have World Beyond on. We have Fear of the Walking Dead on. We have Tales of the Walking Dead coming. We have a Walking Dead comedy, apparently. We have the Rick Grimes movies in the works. Um, To you, is this a good thing that there's going to be all this walking dead stuff to see both concurrently and after the show is over, or is there a tip? Oh, uh, the Carolyn Daryl spinoff. I got about that too. Or <laughs> is it getting too big or are you here for all of it or somewhere in between probably the third one? You know, I, I think, I think it's, uh, it's, it depends on the, the execution for me. Sure. It's, it's absolutely ex- the execution. There's one of the things, um, you know, when I, I was working on Undead Walking, one of the things that you see among the fans is that it's, it's really grown to be very fan specific or character specific, which mm. in some ways really jeopardizes the way the stories are told because some fans will only tune in for certain stories. Really? Wow. And you know, maybe that's why they have a Carol and Daryl spinoff. I don't know, but uh, you know, there, there's something to that. And so it, it does challenge the way that, you know, I, I will say like, I'm so excited about tales of the walking dead because it opens up every fun. possibility. Anybody could come back, you know, anything could happen. People, you know, you can tell stories. Now we see people die and you're like, Hey, those people right. can come back. Like we can have them come back now. And, and that would be great. The, the challenge is that you don't want to have, the same story being told over and over again. And I think that's what they're, I think fear the walking dead has really been able to reinvent itself because now like they have to deal with the nuclear landscape and they have so many things that they have to, to deal with that don't really have to do with the apocalypse, but they do. And the walking dead right now, it's, it feels very, um, you know, who's the villain of the week? Who's the, mm-hmm. you know, this is what the, you know, the walkers are out there. Oh dear. We don't have enough food. We don't have it. You know, and it's like, I don't knock it. I love it. But <laughs> After a while, it gets repetitive because we're in the same area of the same, you know, the same windmill stopped working again. The same wall (laughs) fell over again. The same, you know, the same challenges. It would be nice to branch out, you know, and and, uh, Robert Kirkman has that story about the the, uh, Rick Grimes brother. And it's set in Spain. Like, how cool would that be? That's Hmm. a, you know, a comic book story that a lot of fans are familiar with. But wouldn't it be nice to kind of jump the pond and go see what's going on elsewhere and see how other people are doing it and dealing with yeah. it in, in different time periods? You know, like that was my that was my big pet peeve with with fear because it started in, in Los Angeles. And I've always had I've never really related to The Walking Dead the way some fans have because it's set in the South and I'm not I'm in San Diego. Sure. So fear, I was like, great, they're doing L.A. This is great. I can get this <laughs> because, I mean, everyone wonders, like, what would you do in L.A. if something terrible happened? How would you get out the 405? Like, there's no way. But then you have then they blew up. <laughs> they blew it up in the end of the first season. So L.A. is gone. San Diego's firebombed. Like, you know, they, they shut that door and now it feels like more of the same or it did. But now they've you know detonated a few nuclear bombs, so it's different now. That, that's a good point. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think about that. There are like so many different spinoffs, but you're still staying in the same area of Georgia. Is it? Is that is that where they are? I always forget. Now they're in uh, like close to Washington D.C. Ooh, that's nice. As, yeah. Okay, I like Julie's suggestion. Do one in Australia, <laughs> says Julie, yeah. where she is from, and also get rid of the walkers. I love that. How about the mm-hmm. Walking Dead, but no zombies just um yeah well it does it doesn't it beg the question though like won't they run out eventually like these massive (laughs) herds of people like haven't they killed 
you know, like 10 years into the apocalypse, like how many more dead people are there? There's more, you know, it, it seems like those numbers would have to diminish. Just mm-hmm. I don't think AMC naturally. wants you to be asking that question or I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they would be horrified to no one. Someone brings it up in a boardroom. Is that meme where it gets tossed out the window is what I'm talking about. Okay. I, I, I guess my last question for walking dead stuff and, and just say whatever you want to do about it. But um, what to you do they need to do to end this? I mean, like really iconic, important series strong because it's, like you said, a lot of expectation, whether they like it or not, they are a historic series. They've paved the way for a lot of new stuff. What does it need to do to end well? Whatever that means to you. I think that, you know, one of the things as the, as the cast has grown, I think that they have to, they really have to be mindful of starting new stories in season 11 because they have, they've initiated quite a few new stories um, sure. in this new season. Um, not getting too into that and, and focusing on wrapping up some stories because there are characters, honest to God, they're just not there anymore. No one knows where they went. No one knows why they went. You know, and it's like, and it's become the running joke, right? Like, you know, what happened to Heath? Well, Heath crossed the bridge and that was it. That was like five seasons ago and no one's seen him since, but he's on that Fox show, you know? And so you wonder, like, you know, you need to be able to, to wrap up all of the stories as best as you can so that you don't run into the problem of, um, you know, feeling unfulfilled at the end of this, at the end of sure. the day. As Jen so says, they should be, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say that's, that's the biggest thing. Cause I feel like that in any show, you know, you want to make sure you have that closure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it'll be interesting. I mean, like I might pick it up again, cause I, I am curious about like, you know, the ending is so big uh, and, and important mm-hmm. to show. Um, and I, I'm curious to see w- whether they can land it and how the ending goes down. As Jen says, they, should be they don't have Captain Trips or Flag. Jen, you're still hurting me because I did not like that Stan show very much, honestly. It was it was fine. Um, but you know what? I bet that Stan show wouldn't have gotten made if Walking Dead hadn't of really popularized a big post-apocalyptic boom. Yeah, well, so, look at hmm. Why the Last Man just premiered, like, it's yeah. it's big it's still big the last of us is coming on hbo yeah. like um it is a zombie renaissance and now they're going to try to do a vampire renaissance after it's over with the vampire but we'll see if that's successful yeah all right any more walking dead closing thoughts here before we go to another topic i uh, just yeah. i think i'm i'm excited i mean it's, it's crazy as it sounds like it's a lot of walking dead but i i'm still excited to see what they do and and the sky's the limit now that they're not following the, the script. They're, they've gone off, off the script true. a little bit. So mm-hmm. it, it's fun to see, you know, what they'll come up with. There is an ecstasy in being free from the script. And hopefully they can uh, <laughs> double down on it. As Jen says, not the new one, even though I love Eric from True Blood was in it. I think about our vampire conversation. Jen, we're going to have lots of vampire talk over the next oh, couple man. of years on this show. I guarantee it. <laughs> they're, oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're trying to bring him back. I don't know if it'll work, but they're trying to bring him back. Moving on, let's go to a segment we don't have regularly in the show, but I wish we did. It's time for Game of Thrones stars and other celebrities wear fancy clothes. Woo! <laughs> um, the Met Gala happened a couple of days ago, uh, which is like nominally a charity event for the Museum of Art, but it just, it, 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 it's, it's just become wear the craziest outfit you can and show it off. Um, the theme this year, I think, was um, 
Ugh, I, I, I it was basically I it was American fashion. Yeah. It was like America, America lexicon of fashion. A lexicon of fashion. Um, what does that mean? I I, I couldn't tell you. But um, <laughs> we had a couple of celebrities show up, some Game of Thrones stars, some other people, and I thought we would just look at their looks and go ooh or eh, or whatever comes to mind. So let's roll it. So who do we have here? <laughs> um, we have Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie man and wife from game of thrones uh john snow and ygret him in a pretty simple white tuxedo and her in a yellow fluffy flouncy betrayed number what do we mm-hmm. think fashion experts mm, you're yeah, not going to go into like who made it like you have to be i, I thought dan i thought you would say like you know this is valentino this is i don't know but i can make it up this <laughs> is the french designer jean jacques deluc and kit harrington was wearing men's warehouse no, it's, it's the other way around. Um, I mean, Kitarin's suit is, you know, it's a tuxedo. I do like the long train on Rose Leslie's, though. I don't know about the color, but um, it's fun. It's flouncy. I don't know how it's American either, but as I said, I think the themes are just kind of like, do whatever. Yeah, looks like a lot of people, I was going to say, took some liberties. Um, this is, yeah, both of their looks is quite simple. It's just kind of like, I'm here. I didn't really want to, like, show up. Or I don't know <laughs> if they paid um, homage to anyone, really, with their looks. Maybe they did. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really on the, like, in the middle scale. Like, it's not bad, but it's not, like, fashionably outstanding and out there, you sure. know, compared to so many of the other people, like Lupita or... I think J-Lo had like a really wild and out there outfit. I didn't see hers. Um, I know that Lil Nas X had like a triple armor gown thing. <laughs> Sarah Beth, yeah. any takes? Any hot fashion takes? You know what? I would actually say this is, This reminds me of very classic Hollywood. I, I think oh, yeah. it's very, I you know, I, I think it, I could see this in like the 1950s. Like even that color is very like Palm Springs-ish. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I think that they went safe and went classic, you know, and they didn't feel like they needed to go yeah, cosplaying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the kit's kind of got like a, what is that, Humphrey Bogart sort of, you know, white <laughs> yeah. suit with the bow tie, if we can say anything. Yeah, the guys usually play it safe. There weren't many guys this year that like really yes. went out the way they did in some years either. Like you said, Lil Nas X Except was Nas one. X. Um Timothy Chalamet, our, our favorite Dune star, wore Converse and um, sweatpants with kind of like a waist jacket, a regular jacket. So I'm trying to think That's like American. if there was a stand. <laughs> yeah. <Very American. laughs> what are you talking about? The work from home American. <laughs> I kind of agree with Julie that the that her fair skin for that doesn't really worth the color. I can't talk mm-hmm. about the bodice being bad for her boobs, but apparently that is Julie's opinion and we respect it. I did really enjoy um, Maisie Williams, what she wore this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and describe it as, okay, this was designed by uh, Kate Blanchett on the set of Lord of the Rings. She was playing an elven powerful queen and she just kind of transmuted it into this. It, it looks like she is a fairy queen from ancient English legend, and she is going to ro- walk a runway in a twilight forest among her other um, kind of fairy brethren. I agree, Nicole. I don't really recognize her. I love the... Um, yeah. I love, like, the face. I love how high the forehead is. I love the severity of the makeup. I think this is great. What do you guys think? 
Okay. Do you want the answer to her inspiration? I just looked it up. Yes, I do. (laughs) So this comes from Marie Claire. She explained that her outfit was designed by her boyfriend, Ruben Selby, and inspired by the Matrix. (laughs) Oh, I could see that. Just Just in time for the movie to come out. I was brought up on American Icon. She says, these women in films that shaped the woman I became. So, yeah. To me, it's kind of giving more of like a classic... Maybe like 1920s, definitely not the hairstyle, but there's something about like the dark brow, the makeup and kind mm-hmm. of the hair. It's almost like a Betty Boop sort of, you know, classic look. But I can see the Matrix too, at least with the dress. Maybe not so much oh, the makeup. Oh, totally the Matrix. Oh, wait, the Matrix, like she's got the little Trinity spirals, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Adam's family, like a grown oh, up yes. Wednesday mm-hmm. Adams. Like I-, I could see that too. I completely want to say Adams. I mean, I just like how weird it is. <laughs> Jen is not a fan, but it's just so bizarre. She almost looks yeah. like insectoid in this pose <laughs> with her green nails. See, this is an example of like if Rose Leslie's skin tone's a little weird for white, like uh, yellow. This is like she's also very pale, but like the contrast with the black is very Tim Burton, very kind of punchy. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Very Christina Ricci. There you go. Mm -hmm. She's coming back. Um, And finally, we have uh, not a Game of Thrones person, but I wanted to include um, Mrs. Well, actually not Mrs. uh, Elon Musk, but Elon Musk's partner and Canadian, Mm -hmm. no way, singer lady, uh, Grimes in a Dune-inspired outfit because it's Dune. Um, And yeah, I can see Dune. That's like the Fremen... um, mask they wore to hydrate themselves and sort of the uh still suit they call him in do the kind of armor plating i mean and she has a sword and a book so you can kill somebody and then journal about how you feel bad about it so it's good to have props you know, it really does speak in an ironic way about the Fremen and this balance <laughs> of wealth and inequality, especially oh. between the rich and the poor. And so it's kind of, to me, a little insulting that she would wear that outfit at such a luxurious event. <laughs> this is just me flexing oh, my Stuart. due knowledge. <laughs> I listened to two hours of the audiobook and I still have a lot more to go. Oh, nice. <laughs> Are you enjoying it? I really am. I really, really am. So I'm glad I decided to plunge into the the depths of this novel. But I mean, as a look, it's pretty decent. It's very kind of maybe like video game reminiscent with the yeah. sword and the metallic look. And a Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. Again, it just kind of speaks to how like when you say America and you're like, okay, go with that theme and run with it. We've got books. Oh, yeah. We've got movies. We've got old Hollywood. We've got denim and cowboys. It's like... Okay, maybe we should have been a little more specific. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Frank Herbert wrote Dune was American. That's something, yeah. <laughs> I guess. All right, Sarah Beth, any takes on, on our final look? I, I, I half wish this was a fashion podcast, even though I'm not qualified in the slightest, but this, this is our final look of, of, of the evening. Look with a W, L-E-W-A. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I actually cracked up when I when I when I saw that you said someone from Dune and then I saw that it was her. I cracked up because if you know Elon Musk, he's a huge gamer. Like he grew <laughs> he up doesn't. as a computer it's gamer. True. And it struck me as 
because I, I, I've read that there was a huge party afterwards and he was at the party and like it was a big deal. And it made me think of Comic-Con when you have a guy who has a hot girlfriend who dresses up as like some character and the guy spends the entire time just so excited because his girlfriend looks so hot <laughs> as this cosplay. And so that's kind of where I went with that. And I, I love the Musk family, but I definitely, I, I could see that happening because I, I fell down this rabbit hole of, of Elon Musk Twitter one day. And he was Ooh. talking about how he had to stop playing computer games because it just sucked up all his time to build rockets and stuff. Sure, so I sure. could see this. I could see her saying, hey, I'm thinking about Dune and just being like, yes, whatever you're going to say after that. Yes, that's what you're wearing. I am all for speculating about um, the private life of Elon Musk and Grimes. It's, 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 there's no way it's not fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I I have nothing else to say on that topic. (laughs) All right. In that case, I think we can move on. And um, to the portion of the show where um, we look at leaked images from Game of Thrones prequel House of the Dragon. And I, blather on for a few minutes trying to pack (laughs) the needlessly complicated mythology and family relations into um, a small window of time. So um, House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones prequel being made right now, due out next year sometime. We're not sure when. Um, They were shooting inside for a long time and now they're out and about with outdoor stuff and just you know, this is a Game of Thrones show, first and foremost. At least that's the way it started. And it's always going to check in on uh, Julia and Blather in one second, what they're doing. <laughs> and just so to set the stage, Mia can, you know what? Um, let me try and put you through the test and see if you can do this. Can you set the very basic stage for what House of the Dragon is about after <laughs> I, I, I've blathered this long about it for so many weeks? You know, it's really funny. I think once I start writing more about it, I'll get it. I sure. just know that it's two families kind of at one war family. two side well okay we're right one family at war is kind of split into two divisions right because what yes. the king because the king dies die and then we and got then... his eldest daughter vying for the throne and her younger half brother vying for the throne mm-hmm. <laughs> fighting. That's, that, there we that, go that, that's, that's the gist and we have here uh first we have eve best in costume as um rainy's tag targaryen you can tell she's in costume because she has the head wrap along the uh targaryen white blonde dyed hair or a wig i'm not sure and um that's cool because she is a main character rainy's targaryen and i'm gonna okay let's see if i can okay so rainy's is known as the queen who never was because she was the daughter of the son of King Jaehaerys Targaryen. And she had an uncle, um, that son's younger brother, Balon. And then her father died young. And then it, and because she was like the daughter of the crown prince, the issue came up, okay, so does she now become the heir to the throne? Or does her uncle, the younger brother of her father, and the king chooses the uncle uh, because he's a man. And this is a scandal. She hates it. Her husband, who's Corlys Valerian, hates it. Even the king's wife, like, leaves him for a while over. It's a whole big thing. Um, And so basically she's known. And then there's later when the uncle dies, 
Um, she's like, okay, now make me queen. Do it now. <laughs> and the king chooses to give the heirship to the uncle's son rather than her and mm. her son. So basically she's seen as this figure who should have been queen, but was passed over. Um, and by all accounts, she'd be a good queen. She's like one of the, you know, I, I always talk about House of the Dragon, how there aren't really any good characters. And that's true. Like most of them are really compromised. She's one of the kind of exceptions. She's just like, she's a good person. Like she's has good ideals. She's a good leader. Yada, yada. She rides a dragon because they all do it in the show. <laughs> um, and that's kind of her story. So naturally, when it comes to the daughter and the half brother fighting, she's on the daughter's side both because mm. the daughter is married to her gay son, Lenor, and because she's going to be in the side that's going to be, is a woman should be able to rule. She's a good character. She's an important character. And it's just cool to see her in costume. And I yeah. think she's with Rhaenyra Targaryen's sons, who she's married to Rhaenys's gay son. So they're not his kids. She has an affair with another person which is why they don't have Targaryen blonde hair. Okay. Yeah, Did yeah, those any of that most, get through? <laughs> those are the most details I sucked up in about three minutes, but I, th- I got the general gist of it. So those two sons, are those you are saying her are, who's in the, her grandkids are in the picture and they're not of Targaryen I mean, like, blood? They're her grandkids. Right, 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 right. Fascinating. Did Sarah Beth... Did that get through? Audience, did that get through? I, I absolutely, and I'm not even, I, but I, yeah, I was right there with you. Okay. <laughs> Good. I, I'm just impressed because they don't have the Targaryen blonde hair. So like, it's very lustrous and healthy in those pictures because, you know. Yeah, like not, not dyed and not a wig at all. Just yeah. like bring br- your own <laughs> hair for once. All, all right. natural. And the other picture is, is less complicated. So it's great. Mm-hmm. So here we have just, they're on a beach. Um, they've been a lot of shooting on a beach. So what's cool here is that we think they're filming um, a thing called the War for the Stepstones. Oh, God. Matt Smith's character, Damon Targaryen, who is the younger brother of King Viserys, and I think like a second cousin to Rhaenys. He has a whole thing where he goes off and he fights some people on a bunch of islands. And... We think these guys are from Essos, which is where Daenerys hung out for most of the series, uh, which is just interesting because um, he fights against like the free cities who are forming an alliance to have dominion over these islands. And he's going to take him back because he's a war hungry kind of Matt Smith looking guy. Um, and it, it, it's just cool to know that we'll, that we'll get some people from Essos, you know, where Khal Drogo is from, where Daenerys hung out. It won't mm-hmm. just be a Westeros all the time show. And if they're from Essos, they wear more colorful costumes, which is nice. Whether they're in bright reds <laughs> and yellows, whereas if you are a Westerosi, you're mostly in grays and browns. That makes a lot of sense. So here they are, what, gathering treasures that they've plumaged? Or Honestly, I don't know. Like it looks like their like, luggage got dumped out yeah. of the plane, doesn't it? Like just <laughs> yeah, halfway through. Yeah. They've got some eggplants, some green leafy greens. Maybe it's a trading vessel that got run aground or uh, diverted (laughs) by the war. It's a naval battle. And Matt Smith rides a dragon. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it looks like a good stash wherever they are. I mean, it looks like they've got some good stuff. It absolutely does. Yeah, I want to reach in there. And maybe they're perhaps they're about to have lunch or something. And it's all the catering's all in there. So, okay, I think that went pretty well. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I believe I, I, I kind of laid it out. And, you know, like House of the Dragon, you know, like Game of Thrones, it has that aspect to it where there's like all these characters and they all are related to each other in certain ways. And I mean, it seemed to work for Game of Thrones. People got onto it and they looked it all up and seemed to like the complexity was a selling point. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure HBO is hoping that stays true because this story yeah. has a very similar sort of vibe where there's a lot of complicated relations and backstory and character drama. <laughs> I like Christian's comment. I don't have to watch it now. I know the whole thing. <laughs> I know we're like, we're practically experts, but yeah, I think it is getting to know, like when there's things to unfold and there's relationships to discover about people like, oh, I didn't know that they were married. I didn't know that mm-hmm. she had an affair and those aren't her real children. That stuff gets really juicy and interesting. It does, it's yeah. very drama worthy. I mean, it's the same reason why people watch Moi Povich. It's just, but they're all like on dragons and have expensive wigs and uh, the budget is great. Do you always have two Mari Povich references in your, in Kick the Black Life? Well, you made one. So I I am, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to keep up with you with Europe's basically. (laughs) I think this is the first Mori Povich thing we've ever done in Kick the Black Life. I love Um, it. But it won't be the last. I never actually watched Mori Povich. Is, is, is that the one where they always um, like said like, He's not the father. And then the mother like runs screaming from the room. Yeah. The results mm-hmm. are in. Okay. He's not, okay yeah. <laughs> Which you should totally use for the show, by the way, you should absolutely use that as, you know, they're revealing different relationships. Be like, yeah, the results oh are in and this Targaryen is not a Targaryen. And then, you know, you are not. The father. Yeah. That was a great idea. And then yeah. someone runs screaming from the castle mm-hmm. uh, with, their, with their arms wailing. Good idea. Uh, we'll look it down. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll incorporate that a little later. All right. It's time for me to stop blathering and turn the blather mic over to Mia Johnson. Mia, what are we talking about next? Oh, so I am very excited this week that we got a trailer for the Hawkeye series, which was mm-hmm. pretty. It was expected. They did kind of announce it the day before. But let me tell you, I was not really excited for this. I was like, I don't really like Hawkeye as a character. He's a Hey, he's laughing stock of the Avengers, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but this kind of did it. So I think we should take a look at it and we can kind of talk over it too. And yeah, let's just roll right into it. All right, let's do it. This is the first Christmas we've had okay. Together. So here we have it, it immediately, right? It's a little, what I like about the trailer is that it's lighter, right? Like mm-hmm. we've had intense mind uh, uh, kind of screen up of WandaVision the intensity of the soldier and the sci-fi weirdness of Loki. Now, what about a Marvel comedy? Huh? How about that? Yeah. yeah that it's still... with them, I was going to say that scene with them in front of the theater, that was definitely Batman. That out there. That, that was <laughs> yeah, almost mirroring look. every Batman <laughs> origin story. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Hawkeye is the most Batman-y of the Avengers, isn't he? Because he can't be the Superman because he's useless. Yeah, and Martha and Thomas Wayne parallels going on, but Hawkeye survives as the parent of his children. It looks like he survives uh, through this, but um, he's also, we see that he meets this girl uh, who is Kate Bishop, Haley Steinfeld, and she is kind of, I'm not really sure what's going on between those two. She's kind of like her own mini Hawkeye, and maybe she's running amok, I don't know, putting a bad name to him or something like that. 
Um, but it, it's almost like a little buddy cop comedy. We got a lot of action. It's set during Christmas time, which I wrote about on Wick. I really, really love that. This <laughs> got like Rockefeller. We've got the play, the musical that people won't stop talking about. Um, I mean, that, that, that is a great idea. Like yeah. <laughs> an Avengers musical. But only people go see that in real life. Like just that that would happen. That would absolutely oh, yeah. happen. So might as well include it in your, in your <laughs> fictional universe. Yeah, and and we've got like an iconic recreation of the shot from Avengers, which was a really nice touch. I don't even notice that. That's cute. Yeah, so yeah, coming out basically this Thanksgiving, and then I guess it'll roll into December with the holiday season. And what they did mention was, you know, if you watch the end of Black Widow, they have that scene with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and um, the character Yelena. And she's like, hey, you got to take Hawkeye out because he basically killed Black Widow, even though that wasn't really the case. So that's going to be interesting to see how all that fits in there as well. Um, And originally, like I said, I was like, I'm not really sure if I care about what Hawkeye is doing. You know, I thought the plot with his secret family was kind of silly, but these Marvel TV shows have really done a lot to make you care about the characters and care about their emotions and the things that they're going through. So my fingers are crossed that we're going to be, you know, four for four with this and seeing... I guess another emotional story and maybe making me really, really like Hawkeye. Who knows? Can I ask you four for four? So are you not counting what if? No, I'm, I'm going more on just like <laughs> the, you know, the live action series, the canon stuff. What if could be canon though? They still haven't. Sorry, Beth. Any? No, I, I just, I, I think it's, it's a really interesting opportunity to incorporate the holidays and do like a real holiday thing. And, and that, I mean, that's, Batman Returns, but also I just think it's really cool that it's, you know, it, it's just, it's something different and you, and being able to, uh, I agree with Mia, like, you know, you get to, to get the emotional connection that I, I think has been missing with this character the whole time. Mm. So, you know, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, it's definitely cool that, 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 that they found a way to distinguish all these shows so far. Um, that they're, they've always done a good job they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're still doing a good job. As Christian says, trailer was good. Very diehardish, which, yeah, I can mm-hmm. see that. Christmas, sort of like action comedy. I get that. And Nicole says, trailer looks a little cheesy, but I'll watch it. I'll probably watch it, too. <laughs> and uh, before we go on to our final lightning round segment, really quick, you guys watched anything? Because I just want to mention that I'm finally watching Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. Ooh. I finally, I can't even drag race. And so I canceled Paramount+, Plus. good riddance. And I got Apple TV+. Plus. Um, and yeah, it is as charming and cute and funny as everyone says. So recommended. Yeah. Um, I've been continuing to watch what we do in the shadows. I'm making my way through ah. season two. I love them so, so much. Um, and I also am watching right now Star Wars Visions, which comes out next week. I cannot give a review, but this social embargo is up. So I will read verbatim <laughs> my uh, my tweet from earlier today, which says, um, I said, I watched the first short for Star Wars Visions. Oh, my God. These are seriously, sh- these are shorts. So it's bingeable, but it's mind boggling because this is Star Wars and anime. Um, but it's both and it's awesome. So that's all I can say for right now. But maybe I'll talk a little bit more about it next week. Did you get to the... Shadows episode that starred a certain um, Star Wars icon in a guest role? Not yet, but I'm really, okay, really excited. We'll come back to that next week. <laughs> Sam, how about you? You watched anything? Um, talking about? 
uh, watching Titans and uh, oh, this yeah. week's episode is uh, going to be a big one um, it, for fans of the, the comics. Um, they're just rolling out characters that have never been seen in live action. So it's going to be a, a kind of really interesting episode. I've seen it. So it's that's why I said it. But um, <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead screeners just dropped today. So I'm really excited nice. to see that um, World Beyond uh, Embargo is up next week. So we'll talk about that. But uh, I have to say, why the last man? Oh. is really fascinating and i didn't i i purposefully didn't read the comics um my brother-in-law has the whole collection and he's just this has been a show he's been waiting for and i'm really interested to see how this works it's, it's a really interesting concept that and i don't like I, it's one of those things where i don't know if i love it and i don't know if i hate it but i don't think i, I feel strongly enough about either way because it kind of bugs you in some ways and it doesn't bug you in other ways and <laughs> i don't understand how civilization fell apart in like three days because the men were gone <laughs> But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it looks pretty cool. I want to check that out. Um, and I, I probably will just uh, later in the week. Why the last man? And as Julie says, uh, nothing goes Britannia and the quest to find someone to talk about Britannia with on this show. Julie, do you just want to come on and, and talk about Britannia? <laughs> you, I, 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 that would be good because I cannot find a guest who has seen it. So Julie the governor from the walking dead is on that show. Who is? Oh, is it good for him? Getting work. Getting gig. So Julie, this is an invitation to come on, take the black and extol the virtues of Britannia because it needs to be extolled. Do it, Julie. <laughs> yeah. All right. And finally, uh, we have our final segment, the wick news lightning round. Ciao. <laughs> where we go through news stories we didn't really have time to fit into the main show and react to them in 20 seconds and no more, but sometimes less if we can have good internal clocks. All right, um, so we're gonna go around. I think Mia, you go first, then I'll go, and then Sarah, you can go, and we'll keep going that until we're out of stories. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Ready. Okay, <clears throat> Mia Johnson. Andrew Garfield said that picture of him on the set of Spider-Man No Way Home, it's fake. Oh, what absolute BS. Someone said, we caught you in 4K, man. There's video. There's there's all this evidence out here pointing to him actually being there and Tobey Maguire, too. So I am like, he... He is definitely in this movie. If he's not, okay, fine. You, you know, I'll pay you a lot of money. But my bet is that he's on there and he just really has to cover it up and say, hey, I'm not in this movie. You know, sorry to ruin your expectations. 100%. All right. So, okay. who are, Dan, you're answering this one next? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> Dan, The Boys wraps filming on season three. Great show, uh, or at least like really, really timely show, right? It came along just at the right time where we're all sick of superhero stuff and here's superhero things, people think superhero movies. Um, I'm glad it's coming. I'm going to see it again. I hope it comes out this year, probably next year. Um, but they're like you know, behind the scenes things where um, so fascinating with behind the scenes, but you'll learn that later. All right. Um, Sarah Beth, uh, Amazon is working on a live action She-Ra series. What do you think? So it's actually from the same people that did the Princesses of Power on Netflix, but they're not related. So it's it's a standalone series, which I think is fascinating because I loved the original story where He-Man and She-Ra are long lost twins. So I think it's a really oppor- a really great opportunity to go back to their 1980s origin story. Very cool. Yeah. I can always tell because we have guests on the show. They never take all the time 
because they're smart and I don't know why <laughs> we can't ever do it correctly, but good. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Um, Mia Johnson. Um, WandaVision wins Marvel Studios its first ever Emmys. Yeah, that's really cool. It's Marvel's first Emmys. Um, they won three creative Emmys. So production design, um, costume, and original music for Agatha all along. So not the big Emmys, you know, like acting. Liz is, uh, Elizabeth Olsen is still nominated. Paul Bettany. Um, so we'll see what happens this Sunday. But it's still cool to be like, hey, Marvel Studios, they have Emmys now, just like The Mandalorian and Star Wars. Very nice. Yeah, they're taking over the world. All right. This is for you, Dan. Halloween Kills will come out on Peacock and at the same time, uh, same time as in theaters. Good. Okay. So there's this narrative now where because Shang-Chi succeeded, everyone's going to put out in theaters. But I feel like I'm going crazy because Black Widow made a lot more money. And that was a failure. I feel like I'm going nuts. So I am cool with people still doing the in theater and streaming at the same time thing. I think it's good for customers, good for consumers, good for the pandemic. And I don't think, I don't know what I don't think. Um, Okay. Um, Sarah Beth. Uh, HBO Max is already developing a spinoff of the upcoming The Batman movie, all about Colin Farrell's Penguin. So I'm bummed that they're not using Gotham because Gotham had so many wonderful characters. But I am really happy to see Warner Brothers. I, I think that's one of the biggest benefits of having these streamer- streaming services is that you're able to have these spinoffs and not lose characters and only have them in one movie. So I think it's a great a great thing to show that they're really de- invested in the Batman universe because that's something they haven't. We're just wild now today. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Mia. Um, Helen Mirren is hosting a Harry Potter game show called Harry Potter Hogwarts Tournament of Houses. Yeah, this is both cool, but also a little bit disappointing because it's the 20th anniversary um, of Harry Potter, the first movie, when it hit theaters and everyone's like, oh, is there going to be a reunion? You know, what cast is going to come back, et cetera, et cetera. And then Warner Media today is like, hey, we're going to have a game show and it's hosted by Helen Mirren. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. There will be like some guests, we think, and they might show up. But I don't think Daniel Radcliffe you know what else I was going to say? <laughs> I don't. And I never will. <laughs> All right. Dan, Dan, Dan. Um, Gwendolyn Christie joins Tim Burton's Adam's Family show uh, Wednesday on Netflix. Not yes. the day Wednesday, the show Wednesday. <laughs> yes. Uh, literally, we mentioned Wednesday Adams earlier in the show, coincidentally enough. Um, yeah, they're making this show on Netflix. Tim Burton feels like a natural fit for Adam's family because he likes all the, you know, spooky, ooky kind of um, black and white imagery stuff. And Gwendolyn Christie is great and she's tall and she's in the Sandman and I'm sure she'll do a great job on Tim Burton's Adam's Family Show. Yes. All right. And finally, Sarah Beth, would you please bring us home with this final bit of news, which is a special uh, visual special. Um, HBO Max releases the first look at its Peacemaker series starring John Cena. Are you interested? You know what? I am. And I, I, I would say the same thing about the Penguin. Like, I really like that, that Warner Brothers is investing in these characters. And obviously, James Gunn created these characters and, and developed these characters for su- the Suicide Squad. But being able to flesh them out even more and John Cena's character is so memorable. Yeah. I think it's a really great opportunity to, um, you know, to, to not have to just have these one off characters. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's kind of like a, they're doing the Marvel TV Loki WandaVision thing, or they're going to try and we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, this was a great show. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sarah, but thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, thanks for Thank watching. You for having me. If all y'all out there are interested in more um, Take the Black content, we do have something called the Wick Club that I'll leave right here in the chat. And it's also in the description of also our YouTube and our Facebook uh, videos, where we give you extra articles, extra videos, and a prize every month. So feel free to check that out. Um, and we, of course, stream live for free um, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time here on the Winter is Coming Facebook page and the Winter is Coming YouTube page. Um, and you should come and watch us. And thank you so much for watching us now. Thanks, Julie. See you next week. And, oh, and, our, and podcast wise, I forget. Um, we're podcasts are available, like Google Play and iTunes and so forth. So thanks for watching and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.